Welcome to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, your home for everything related to marathon canoe racing. Now, it's time to get your paddles wet with your hosts, Kevin Olson and Bill Mahaffey. Take it away, boys. Welcome, canoe racing fans, to the Canoe Race World podcast. Our regular hosts, Kevin Olson and Bill Mahaffey, are unavailable to record this week due to family obligations. So we've sort of hijacked the podcast to do some uh, race recaps. For those of you that don't know, I am guest host Ryan Matthews, and I am joined today by my guest host, Rebecca Davis, and our special guest, Cecily Boogie. How are you today, Rebecca? I'm doing well. I right, just came off the river. Beautiful night paddling. Glad it's not 100 degrees for a day, and uh, I, I can't complain. That's excellent. That's excellent. How are you today, Cecily? I'm good. I also just got off the river with Rebecca, so um, all the same conditions. It's beautiful outside, and I'm excited to be on the podcast. That's good. That sounds like we're ready to talk about some canoe racing then. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's start off with the uh, here on River race in Ann Arbor, and I'll, I'll uh, send it to you, Cecily. Yeah. Okay. So for the C1, first place was Mike Davis. Second place was Danny Medina. Third was Rich Louth. Fourth was Matt Mearsman. Fifth was Carson Burmeister. Sixth was Travis Mecklenburg. And then followed by him was his dad, Dan. Eighth was Rob Shadley. Ninth, Austin Weiler. And tenth was uh, Tad Hill. So it seemed like everybody was pretty close to each other, too. Yeah, only about a four-minute spread between the first and tenth boat. Yeah, for anyone who uh, hasn't been to that race, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So we start going upstream and turn a buoy in a river that's like pretty fast current with a little bit of shallow, and then we proceed down to a dam. So the river kind of opens up and becomes more of like a pond, and then we turn back upstream and finish where we started. Um, so that race can go a couple different ways. Usually it breaks up at the beginning, but then sometimes we'll pack back up once we get to that pond section. Yeah, and this is my first time racing this race, and Danny, my boyfriend Danny, had told me that it's really sucky water, and I didn't really, like, expect it to be as sucky as it was, but it was still, like, really cool. It was pretty, but hard water, I would say. Kind of like paddling in cement? Yeah, a little bit. It also could be because it was the first race after the 70, so that's always fun. Yeah, still kind of recuperating. It, yeah. it looks like both of you had some good battles in your C1 race. Yeah, the the women's C1 in Michigan has really stepped up its game in the last few years. And uh, I was 13th, uh, won the women's by less than a second. And uh, Mary Schlimmer finished in 14th. And we were together the whole way, right down to the wire. And uh, I'll let Cecily talk about her race, but it looked pretty tight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was 23rd, and then I had a sprint to finish with uh, Chase Matthews and uh, Dwight Walker, um, which was fun. Uh, we paddled with them here in Homer. I recently moved to Homer with uh, Danny, so I've been able to paddle with those guys a lot, and it was fun to be able to race them. That's really cool. Everybody uh, trains together and finishes together. It really makes it fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, normally Roxanne's with us too, but she was racing with her dad and I guess showing him the way. Um, but normally she's right with me, which is fun. That's really awesome that August still races. Yeah, he, he loves to race. So August, August Trebold, I think, is our oldest uh, MCRA paddler. He's 93, and he comes out for a few races a year. So he hit um, he hit two in June this year. So he's really excited about that and hoping to hit another one or two in July, I think. So we'll see if we can get him on the river again. For sure, for sure. And uh, let's, let's pivot to our C2 race. It looked like uh, Danny Medina and Matt Gabriel finished first in that one. Yeah, and then uh, was Carson and uh, Matt Mearsman. And then third was Rich Louth and uh, Colin Hunter. Fourth was Mary Schlemmer and Nick Walton. And they won the mixed bonus. This was the mixed bonus race. And then uh, fifth was Doug Dahlman and Kyle Stonehouse. Sixth was Zach Childs and Russ Reeker. Seventh was uh, Travis Mecklenburg and Austin Weiler. Eighth was Dan Mecklenburg and John Webb. Ninth was Aaron Putnam and Rob Shadley, and then tenth was myself and Tad Hill. A lot of fast teams in that top ten. Yeah, so this race um, follows the same course as the the C1. They do that entire loop, but then they add an additional shorter loop that goes back up to the starting line, and then portage down below the dam. And the portage is actually pretty long, like maybe a quarter mile, but it's enough to break the field up and is a big strategic point below the dam. Um, they paddle down to a second dam. So it's like, for the most part, not much current in there and pretty sucky and can be quite weedy. Um, then they paddle back up portage a second time, which is definitely a breaking point for the race. You have to hit that portage first. Um, and then it's basically maybe 10 minutes paddling straight into the finish as hard as you can. Yeah. And the portage was pretty rowdy. I had, Tad had told me before that the get out was a little hairy because it's kind of like a jagged concrete wall, I guess. And um, Danny has actually gotten stitches or had to get stitches because of that wall before. And then, you know, you run through a parking lot a little bit and then you duck into a trail, which had I not been with someone who knew the area, I wouldn't have even known to go there. And then you run down like a little, a little narrow trail which is kind of fun, but it definitely isn't like a easy portage per se. Sounds like a really fun course though. It is. It's one of the more diverse courses on the Michigan schedule, just because you get a little bit of fast upstream, a lot of suck water and then two, two portages. So you get a little bit of everything. Tests a lot of skills. Definitely. So Looking at the the times, it looks like Danny and Matt Gabriel won by about a minute. So that usually, from the videos and things I've seen from the race, they they pretty much broke away off the off the start and had like a nice lead. Um, I think Carson and Matt weren't super far behind, but then um, after that, it kind of packed up for a while. Um, the teams sort of packed together, but like I said, those port those two portages really break it up. So usually by the finish, teams are separated. Yeah, and I see we've got a couple teams uh, that uh, are paired for the marathon and the, the, the weeks coming, and, and uh, those include uh, Travis and Austin, Dan and John, 
uh, Doug and Sean, New Mister, and several others. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Travis has been a standout this year. And Dan, too, I think has really raised his profile. They're doing both C1 and C2, almost every MCRA race. And uh, Austin and, and Travis, I look for um, having a pretty a pretty strong race for, uh, you know, Travis being a rookie into the marathon. Um, Austin will bring a lot of experience into that team, and uh, and they should be looking for a pretty strong finish. I'm sure they're both pretty tired of hearing this, but Travis reminds me and I'm sure a lot of other people a lot of Westine not only like looks like he's really tall but he also seems to paddle a lot like him which is interesting I guess wow. yeah I think I would I would definitely take that as a compliment <laughs> yeah <laughs> for so, sure Wes is yeah. definitely one of the most uh, improved paddlers over the last several years so that's definitely a compliment Wes you know finishing second last year in the marathon he's he's poised for good things going forward yeah, definitely. Doug yes. Dahlman at the top five, that's really good for him. Um, he's steadily improving as well. Yeah, and we also have, uh, with Zach and Russ racing there, uh, I don't remember, I don't think that was their debut race of this season, um, but they're, you know, they should be a team to watch, um, it, you know, further in the marathon and, and as the season unfolds to see where they hang in there as, as more of the regular teams are racing together. Yeah, for sure. Lots of rookies this year, too, which is excellent to see. Kind of like uh, Garrett Ziegler and John Waringa. I think I'm saying that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett, who is Garrett racing with John in the marathon? I believe so. Okay. Let me double check so I... Don't look foolish here. He might be racing with, um, oh, man, I can't even think of his name now. He's from the Grand Rapids area. Jackson. Uh, Jackson? Jackson Tucker. I, yeah. I think Jackson. Jackson's with someone else. Okay. Uh, Jackson's with Dylan Kirk. Oh, that's okay. right. But they were together for the Clinton, so. Okay. That, that's that what I'm sense. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Nuevo. Uh, for the Nuevo C1, it, uh, first place was Wes Dean, and we were just talking about him. Uh, second was Danny Medina. Third was Matt Mearsman. Fourth was Russ Reeker. Fifth, Austin Weiler. Sixth was Rob Shadley. Seventh, Travis Mecklenburg. Eighth, Dan Mecklenburg. Ninth, Tad Hill. And tenth, Joe Roman, uh, a rookie paddler for the marathon this year. But I know he's been paddling a while for the MCRA. Yeah, so Nuego course is one of, um, probably one of the most beautiful river sections um, on our schedule. Uh, that starts on Croton Pond. We do a lap around an island and then portage uh, the Croton Dam, which that's more of a, uh, I would call it an ensemble style portage where you take out on a grassy bank and then run down a grass hill to some steps where then you put in into the Muskegon River and it's a riffle and pool water in the in the Muskegon River at this section so you get a lot of those um you know kind of sucky long corners followed by a fast shallow water section on the straightaway uh, which makes it a lot of fun you can take a lot of different lines uh, I think it tends to suit paddlers that can read the river but then also paddlers that um 
can paddle, like vary their stroke for the different depths of water. So um, sometimes you'll see, like, I think the men do a little, it, it depends, but the men can do a little bit better compared to the women in that um, because every time they have to reaccelerate, they just have a little bit more power. Um, but it's uh, it's a good it's a good one to watch, and it's a it actually stays pretty close time wise um, at the front, but visually it'll look like the teams are far apart because the current's so fast. Yeah, the the, the winning time to tenth place time was only what six minutes or so less than, and it's almost two hour race, so yeah. <laughs> winning winning time one forty three forty seven. That's a that's a long C one course, but I I've heard nothing bad. Uh, I've only ever heard good things about the Nuevo course, so I, I can't. I, I need to go down there sometime and actually watch it in person, or maybe even race it myself. I would highly highly recommend that one to anyone, and if if you're feeling sad that you missed out on a uh, on Nuego this year, I'm going to shamelessly plug the USCA Nationals are going to be in Nuego. So uh, you can race three days in a row on this same course where you're trialing it for that, um, that event later in the summer. And uh, hopefully that will be well attended. So if you're looking for your chance to go down there, Ryan, it'll be after the marathon. <laughs> so your your marathon duties will be hopefully a little lighter by then. <laughs> uh, barely, but a little lighter. Yeah. Um, uh, looks like you had another strong battle in the C1 there, Rebecca. Yeah, I think Mary and I raced like three times in the last month and finished a total of like 15 seconds apart between the three of them <laughs> so uh, yeah. we didn't disappoint there I, I got Mary again um, this time by I think four seconds that's probably my largest my margin of victory in the last month um, we're racing really close this year which is really super exciting um, somewhat stressful at times but <laughs> overall good <laughs> you know it pushes you both to be better Exactly. It's uh, we we really do enjoy racing each other. So I I have no complaints there. Um, why don't we move it on to the the C two again? We had some really uh, strong showings from some marathon teams. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt Mearsman and Jordan Wakeley are defending marathon champs. Took first in Nuevo C two, uh, followed by Ryan Halstead and West Dean, Danny Medina and Colin Hunter. Fourth was. Kyle Stonehouse and Pete Mead. Fifth was Derek Ferry and Travis Mecklenburg. Sixth was... Oh, that's, a, that's an E2 team. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was, I was yeah. getting there. Uh, yeah. Sixth was uh, Jason Hatfield, Brad Wilson. Seventh was John Webb and Dan Mecklenburg. Um, eighth, uh, Doug Dahlman, uh, Bill Taranjo. Uh, ninth overall, Tad Hill and Mary Schlimmer. And tenth was Rob Shadley and Joe Lusby. So one thing uh, that, you know, stuck out to me a lot in this race, um, I was not surprised that Matt and Jordan ran away with it by that much. Um, it is because of the structure of the river. If you're really moving well, you can easily create gaps across the shallows, even though the time, the time is a lot. Um, but I'm not surprised that they were able to get away because the, the river structure kind of suits that. It's not a riding race. And the portage, um, you know, opens up some gap there. Um, yeah, jo Jordan and Matt are some of the best portagers, too. Yeah. Yep. 
that's you get the teams that um and i know jordan hasn't really traveled around to race but matt is experienced in all three triple crown races and those those people tend to portage really well and then jordan um with his bike background is actually a very uh appears to be natural runner even though he i think by his own admission doesn't love running (laughs) cardiovascular is there for sure yeah and there's a lot of teams that are kind of in the middle of this race that are um, going to be shaking it out in the marathon that were all pretty close together. Um, Jason Hatfield and Brad Wilson and then John Webb and Dan Mecklenburg finished just 11 seconds apart. Um, those teams will both be racing the marathon. Um, then there's another group with Tad Hill and Mary Schlimmer and Rob Shadley and Joe Lusby. They were only eight seconds apart. So those are those are pretty close. Um Actually, a lot of this, a lot of this field uh, are marathon pairings. Yeah, I, looking down the list, you're you're absolutely right. Um, Matt and Jordan, Wes and Ryan, Danny and Colin, um, Jason and Brad, uh, Dan and John, Doug and Bill, Ted and Mary, Rob and Joe, Sean and Jason, Flash and, and Dave. Um, uh, you and your mom. Yeah. So, and then Natalie and Mike Natalie Kellogg. And Mike. So. Yep. And uh, Dane Trudgen raced this week. So um, anyone who's unfamiliar with Dane, he's 15 this year and is doing the marathon with his uncle, Weston Willoughby. Um, this race, because Weston was at the Water Safari, he raced with his grandpa, Tom Trudgen, and they had a, a good showing for their first first race of the year so uh i believe they were 15th overall and dane dane's not a very big kid but he's a pretty good paddler yeah you can tell he's um been in the boat a lot and he takes good lines and and knows has good skills so that only serves you well in the bigger longer races yeah for sure and, uh, it's really cool uh, scrolling the, the race result, seeing uh, Jerry Kellogg's name out there too. You know, he's I think is in his seventies and uh, still racing, which is really cool. Yeah, and he's um, you know brought in now. He's had three generations in his family are all racing uh, currently, um, and you know they've come kind of back into the sport, and that's really cool to see. Absolutely. All right, let's. Uh, I think it's a good time to pivot to the Madrid race. And uh, Rebecca, take that one away. Yeah, so Madrid has C1 on Saturday, and in first place was Mike Davis, second, Ryan Zavarel, followed by Luke Mercier, fourth was Jake Kroetzer, um, fifth, Christian Charette, sixth, Mike Schlimmer, seventh, Guy Russo, eighth, Shane McDowell, ninth, Carlos Martinez and 10th Phil Millspa. Um, and then just as I mentioned, um, Michelle Lepradier won the women's followed by Sarah Lassard and Phoebe Reese. So the Madrid race um, is one of the bigger races in New York, especially probably the biggest race after the 70, um, at least in definitely in the month of June. Um, it, and it's pretty close to the Quebec border, so you'll draw a lot of those Quebec paddlers down, which I'm sure you could tell by the results list. Um, yeah. 
So it was a pretty, uh, pretty good uh, C1 field um, overall. Uh, I think two things that stood out to me right away are um, one, Carlos Martinez is a paddler from Montreal, um, rookie this year, and he's really, you know, worked hard to improve his paddling. Did the 70 C1 um, mm-hmm. is looking to do the Asable, and uh, you know, he had a, he had a really solid finish between two experienced paddlers, Shane and Phil. Uh, he's a former dragon boat paddler, isn't he? I believe so. He came over from a team boat. So. Okay. Yeah, he signed up with another rookie, um, Gabriel. I can't remember the last name off the top of my head. But uh, they both seem pretty eager, um, both coming relatively new to marathon paddling, but you know, f- uh, experienced paddlers in other disciplines. And the the same thing in the in the women's race um, with Michelle winning the C1 uh, that might be a surprise to some, uh, but Michelle comes over from I believe Dragon Boat and then Outrigger Canoe and she's very strong. Uh, does a lot of solo paddling. Um, her and her partner Ryan Stepka um, are both very strong paddlers and and she put down a pretty dominant performance um, so that might be a little bit surprising because uh, Sarah and Phoebe are both quite skilled in the C1 but um, it looks like they were a little bit outmatched at Madrid solid performance by all three regardless yes definitely it's um that was not a gimme race that's for sure And now, what about the uh, C2? It looked like Mike uh, won that one as well. Yeah, so Mike uh, was paired up with his marathon partner, Ryan Zavarell, uh, followed by, in a very close battle, Norman Mangi and Steve Lajoie. Third was Mike Schlimmer and Guy Russo. Fourth, Louis Simon Pruneau and Christian Charette. Fifth, Shane McDowell, Jake Kreutzer, followed by Phil Millspaugh and Ben Schlimmer. In seventh, we have Luke Mercier and Guillaume Dosset. Eighth was Michelle Lepradier and Phoebe Reese. Ninth, Bob Zavarell and John Young. And tenth, Jeff Pedersen and Carlos Martinez. One heck of a battle for first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from what I uh, hear from Mike is the course is pretty high water. Typically, it's really sucky and, and uh, shallow, so the team spread out a lot at Madrid. And there's also a portage, um, which spreads the field out. But the water was pretty high, so it was hard to get a gap. And uh, the race became a lot more strategic in the in a pack sense. So Mike and Ryan um, made a couple of attempts to get away and just weren't that successful at it. So they decided their best shot was to have a sprint finish. And uh, they just had to time it right, and it looks like they did. Um, Having raced the Clinton with Norman, I know for a fact that he's phenomenal paddler now, um, and of course a champion formerly in Triple Crown races. And Steve is still on the top of his game. Uh, so even though you might say, "Oh, that wasn't the top, top, top team that they beat," that's still a really, really solid, definitely top five team in any Triple Crown race. Probably better than that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of wins between Normand and, and uh, Steve. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Norman dragged me up to 10th this year, so he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's in pretty good shape. <laughs> sure. um, also, uh, the women's race again, um, there were three women's teams in, in this race, uh, Michelle and Phoebe, uh, Sophie Copel and Sarah Lassard and then Becky Sutter and Sylvie Nadeau. Uh, so that's, that's really cool to see. Um, it's not only happening in Michigan, but we're just getting more women paddling everywhere. <laughs> um, I do believe that Sarah and Sophie tipped on the start. Um, just from the pictures, it looks, <laughs> looks like Sophie was swimming, but, um, they did recover. So, and, and finished and looked like they got up with, a some other teams in a pack too it's, it's good to be able to recover after an early tip because those are really hard to recover from definitely and it's something that has happened to everybody at some point <laughs> all righty so let's uh let's move in i think we're back now in michigan again um to the muskegon river throwdown can you tell us a little bit about that ryan uh well we had uh for the c1 uh mike davis again champion for the c1 uh danny medina second matt gabriel third kyle stonehouse fourth uh matt mearsman fifth pete mead sixth carson burmeister seventh uh kyle minor eighth John Kasich, uh, ninth, and Austin Weiler, 10th. And Mike set a new course record, didn't he, for the C1? I think so. By like a few seconds, but still. That's pretty exciting. He beat his own record. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty exciting. So full results on the MRTDL show that there were 58 C1s. So that's going to be a, in June. It is our uh, best race attendance and I think that's in large part to the effort that Sean and Crystal uh, Brabant put into running this race they really draw a lot of people get a lot of sponsors and uh, it, it makes the field quite large yeah they are they are excellent race promoters between the uh, Ross Common race and the Muskegon River Throwdown and and uh, the uh, what, Tuesday night race league that Sean does too they're, they're Excellent job by them guys. Them too. Yeah. There was also a lot of um, women in the C1. I think there was 11 C1, women C1s, um, which I think is, that's the biggest women's C1 field I've been in before. Yeah, and yeah, it was a super impressive and super competitive women's field. Sometimes we have those numbers, but um, there are some, some big groups of women together again mary and i were right on top of each other the entire race so we finished three seconds apart um but then cecily i think you were in a real battle the whole yeah, way so yeah so right off the start i was with um christy treston and Haley, um and then your mom uh, roxanne as well at the portage we got a little bit ahead of her but she is really good at going really hard the whole time and so she caught up to us pretty easily um and chrissy was leading for most of the race um just by like a boat length or two um and then i was finally able to drop uh roxanne and Haley at around the buoy turn a little bit before 
and I was gaining on Chrissy, but I wasn't able to quite catch her. Um, and I think I finished like 10 or 11 seconds behind her, which I count that as a win. I don't like, I wasn't really sure how that was going to play out because I haven't really got to race against, um, Haley or Chrissy. Um, but it was fun to have people to go against, I guess. So I'm not super familiar with that that course. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, so we um, start at the North Shore Lounge. Um, and you go, is it downstream first? I can't really tell because it, there's not like... Yeah, it's downstream I know there's current, first. But... Yeah, it's yeah, downstream first. Sweet. And then, yeah, so you start downstream and you go maybe like... A quarter mile maybe it's a little bit more and you have the portage a very little dam it's like danny could and mike could probably do it in like three steps because it's <laughs> so small but um the the portage i guess can be kind of difficult depending on where you go i guess if you go closer to the dam it gets pretty deep um but and then you go once you portage you go upstream downstream or, or sorry, downstream, yeah. yes. <laughs> downstream, I don't know, for maybe, what would you say, like a, a mile, a mile and a half? Yeah, it's probably yeah. a little bit longer than that. But yeah, some, yeah, it's, you go down, it's, I think it takes about 30, it takes 35 minutes to get downstream for me in a C1. So for the top guys, it's probably right around 30 minutes. Um, and then it's about the same backup. So I actually, I, I looked at the split um between my first half and second half and I think they're like 45 seconds different <laughs> so oh, okay. there, there really isn't that much current <laughs> it, there definitely isn't but when you start going upstream you can tell you're going upstream I would, like it's a lot it seems a lot harder than you would think it would it would for how little current there is I guess um and then yeah, so after you turn a buoy and then you just head back, you portage again, and you finish in the same spot for the C1. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's fairly like low current, uh, kind of mucky bottom, so it tends to be a little bit sucky. Um, in my opinion, I think it feels a little better C1 than C2 most of the time, <laughs> but it, that's kind of just water level dependent. Um, but it does lead the participants to spread out a little bit. Um, just because it is so sucky and the portage like portaging twice especially the one at the end can have like a big impact on where you finish um, if you hit that wrong yeah but I mean it's I would have to agree the c1 for me felt a lot better um, than the c2 but I also could have just been shot for the C2 race. I don't know. Well, speaking of the C2 race, let's uh, review that. Uh, Cecily, would you do, do the honors? Yeah. So, um, well, I don't think I have the C2 results on oh. the. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I've got you. Um, so, in first place, we had uh, repeat Jordan Wakeley and Matt Mearsman who I believe also set a course record again, um, breaking their own. Uh, second place was Westine and Ryan Halstead. 
Third place was Mike Davis and Matt Gabriel. Fourth, Kyle Stonehouse and Danny Medina. Fifth, Colin Hunter and Rich Louth. Sixth, Ryan Zavarell, Carson Burmeister. Seventh, Weston Willoughby and Nick Walton. Eighth, Travis Mecklenburg and Austin Weiler. Ninth, Buzzy Hartman and Mike Hale. And tenth, John Webb and Dan Mecklenburg. And this was our women's bonus race. So I'll mention those really fast. Um, in first place was Haley McMahon and, and Rebecca Davis. And second was Mary Willoughby and Roxanne Barton. And then uh, let's see for mix, there were some mixed teams. Getting those pulled up I think, so I don't know. Yeah, looks like looks first, like first mix. Caitlin and Kyle Minor. Yep. yep. And then Cecily, were you second? I believe so, yes. We were quite a bit behind. Uh, Caitlin and Kyle, but we were, yeah, you were second. second. Yep, and then Christy Treston and Eric Parrott were third. Yeah, Christy, I raced with um, Bruce Barton, um, and Christy and Eric were right on our tails the whole race. Like, I, I, it was one of those races where I was like, I wish you would either pass us or drop off so I can breathe a little bit. <laughs> Well, that that race was started in heats, wasn't it? Yes, both the C1 and C2 start in heats. Um, they just have some trouble getting permitting to start on Houghton Lake, uh, where where the North Shore Lounge meets the river. Um, so we do start in heats. They were about heats of 15 for both, um, which broke it down fairly well. Still felt like you were racing, and uh, we're getting better at seating too. So that helped. <laughs> Yeah, seating's always tough to do because uh, you don't you don't quite know about everybody who shows up that day, you know. But. Yeah, I, I think one of the stands standouts that really broke broke the heat um, was Buzzy and Mike um, finishing ninth place. They are racing the Assemble together this year, and I think that probably surprised. Um, you know, I, I think both of them are definitely capable of having that high of a result, but it was probably a little bit of a surprise to see them ahead of um, John and Dan and Zach Childs, Russ Reeker. Um, they, you know, were ahead of Jason Hatfield, Brad Wilson, Doug Dahlman, Bill Taranjo. Um, the list goes on, but um, I think they probably surprised some people putting down a pretty fast and competitive time running the race alone. You're going to make that... Uh upper mid-pack, for lack of a better term. Uh, really fun to watch come the end of July. Yeah, I think breaking into, the, breaking into the top 20 this year is going to be pretty tight. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams that are that are capable and are just going to have to, to hit their training and their lines and uh, their nutrition right on marathon night. Yeah, it looked like our... Uh, one of our regular hosts, Bill Mahaffey, he had 26th with my cousin Chase. Uh, they're both steadily improving over the last few years. It's really, really good to see uh, my cousin Chase uh, getting a lot better. Yeah, Chase is uh, doing, he's in our training group with Cecily and I, and I think he's made a lot of improvements this year. Even if you look back um, to the first C1 race versus now, he's... Um, 
quickly passing all of us. <laughs> I think I'm next on the list. <laughs> well, he, he's a sponge, and he definitely uh, is a quick learner. Well, it was really yeah. good seeing, uh, going, going down the results here, too. Uh, Diana Jurowitz had a solid race with Sarah Webb, and uh, Chris Hewitt had a pretty good race with his rookie paddler, Ted Lind. And uh, definitely a lot of a lot of rookie names I don't recognize. It's, it's really good to see uh, the sport growing. Yeah, and it's uh, it's good to see you know the, a lot of, a lot of their teams are kind of paired up with their marathon partner, but then there's a fair amount of people that are racing uh, up or down um, from their normal pairings and and having some pretty good results. Um, Eric Batway and Pete Mead raced together. Um, Kyle Stonehouse was with Danny Medina. They had a good race. Colin and Rich um, also, you know, not a regular, or at least not a regular pairing for this year um, together. So it's good to see, um, even if people aren't with their regular partners, still showing up to the races and mixing it up. Absolutely. I, th I think that... Uh brings us to our most recent race, the uh, Betsy River race. Yeah, so we'll start again with the C1. Um, in first place, we had Wes Dean, second, Danny Medina, third, Matt Gabriel, fourth, Rich Louth, fifth, Matt Mearsman, sixth, Chris Eisendorf, seventh, Weston Willoughby, Eighth, Carson Burmeister. Ninth, Pete Mead. And tenth, Nick Walton. And in our yeah. women's field, we had Mary Schlimmer uh, won the women's this week. Yeah, she beat us by quite a bit, too, I think, which isn't not expected. I guess it's about, like, she beat us by, like, three minutes, I think. And by us, I mean Christy and myself. And oh, and Caitlin and Virginia race C one this weekend too. Yeah, and um, Heather, Heather Minkle rounded it yes. out. So it looks like you guys had six, six um, C ones this week, right? Yeah, five, six. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed. Poor uh, Danny keeps getting bridesmaid this year, but um, he's solid. He's been a solid second place finisher in this C one, which is still obviously respectable, but. I think he's been really itching to get that first place in C1, so hopefully that happens for him soon enough. But um, Wes has seemed to keep pulling away from him in the C1 races. Yeah, Danny's been so close all year. Um, for the first time Ever he we do a C1 tri time trial in our training group and he beat Mike in the C1 time trial um, earlier this year so they were Mike knew they were close but um, they they definitely Danny's made another jump up and I know he hasn't won anything this year but our C1 racing in Michigan is really competitive right now <laughs> and um, it that's a good thing to see even though it's a little bit tough for Danny. Uh, Matt Gabriel also has had a really standout season, C1, um, finishing third two weeks in a row. Um, and that's kind of unusual for like a, I guess you'd call like a, a stern paddler in the C1 um, to be kind of up there mixing it up with the top guys. 
Yeah, and I think it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just, I was just gonna say, you know, Danny and, and Matt both made a lot of, a lot of strides the last just year alone, um, and uh, you know the the curly C ones coming up, and I know that's one of Danny's better C one races, so maybe he can eke out a win in that one. Yeah, hopefully he he's in love with that race, but I think it's because he won last year, so he's still on that <laughs> high. Um, I also think it's uh, cool to point out that a lot of the people or a lot of the C1s also raced the safari and still did pretty well, I think, considering they're probably, I would hope, not recovered because otherwise they probably didn't race safari hard enough. But um, Chris Eisendorf and Weston, um, Nick, and uh, Kyle Eisendorf. And Kyle surprised me. Um, I know he's a really strong paddler. Um, but coming off of his first safari and still being new to paddling and also new to Michigan paddling, which tends to be a lot different than Texas paddling, um, he did really well, I thought. He was right in front of Mary, um, which I think is admirable. So what are the, kind of touching on this, what are the big differences between Texas paddling and Michigan paddling? Mainly... The, so the water is usually a lot different. Um, just it's, I would say, more rowdy, I guess, um, in Texas. But also the competition is just a little different. Um, we don't, you know, we have so many different boats that it's kind of hard to compare who's faster than who because everybody's racing a different kind of hole. Um, and since it is so technical and that's basically all we paddle on, it's basically who knows the river better a lot of times um and and i guess this probably is comparable to michigan paddling too but sometimes if you paddle with good people all the time it's hard to tell if you're actually good or if you're just with good people because you're going fast um but i think that kyle uh proved himself that it's not just because he's with good paddlers yeah, I've been I've been hearing good things from uh, the rumor mill about Kyle Isendorf, so it's gonna be exciting to watch him uh, this year and and in the future. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the C two race. Okay, so in first place we had Jordan Wakeley and Colin Hunter. Second was Danny Medina and Matt Mearsman. Third, Chris Eisendorf and Matt Gabriel. Fourth, West Dean and Brad Wilson. Fifth, Carson Burmeister and Pete Mead. Sixth, Rich Louth and Weston Willoughby. Seventh, Jake Krautzer and Brian Halstead. Eighth, Nick Walton and Kyle Minar. Ninth, Joe Loosby and Rob Shadley. And tenth, Mary Schlimmer and Cecily Boogie. And from what I hear, and I, Cecily was the one at this race, but it sounds like a lot of people went, or at least some of the top guys went swimming off the start. <laughs> yeah, wow. so it it seemed, so from what, I mean, I didn't see them because they were on the other side of the line, but I think that um, Jordan and Colin uh, swamped the boat at pretty close to the start. And I don't know what happened, but Ryan and Jake either flipped or did the same thing. I, don't, I didn't see them, but um, they were behind 
you did a little parade lap right off the start on the lake. And I saw um, Jordan and Colin go by and I was like, geez, Louise, like they have a huge lead because they were, it looked like they were in front of everyone by a lot. But then I realized afterwards that they had tipped. Um, But they, I think that them, Jordan and Colin having those issues at the start fueled their fire and they came back really strong. And from what Danny said is they, uh, Danny and Mearsman, couldn't hang on when they finally caught up to him and um they were able to take the win despite that and then uh jake and ryan seemed to come back pretty strong too it it was i wouldn't say the lake was necessarily wavy for but it was wavy enough to be a little rocky and if um you weren't super stable then Kind of choppy. Yeah. And I assume that being a lake, it was probably pretty deep. Um, it's it You're kind of on the edge. There's, yeah. There's two spots that were real shallow um, okay. that you kind of go by. Right when you go into the, like, the mouth of the river is pretty shallow. And then a little bit before that, there was a, um, it got pretty shallow, too. And then, um. As you, so you, there's a few things that you can kind of hit um, on the way up to the buoy, um, but nothing too exciting. Just a couple, I guess, logs or and stuff in the river that everybody was warning us about. But um, once you get past the C1 buoy, it, it kind of widens up and it's really weedy. Um, and there's some uh, cuts in the weeds that are, Pretty substantial cuts, I would say. Um, Mary, I was very thankful that I had Mary in the boat because otherwise I wouldn't have even known about him. Um, but that's how Mary and I were able to pass uh, Joe Roman and Aaron Putnam because of the first one on the way up. And we put a, we were about two boat lengths behind them maybe. And then coming out of it, we were probably two or three boat lengths in front of them. Um, so it can save a lot of time if you know where they are. But um I don't know if how many of the top guys took them. I think Danny said they took three out of four because you have two on the way up and two on the way back. Okay. And I think. Oh, um, oh, sorry. No. Uh, well, so Virginia uh, Parker and Caitlin had told me that they got a little bit lost because they weren't familiar with the area um, and were going. I guess in false cuts, um, which set them back a little bit, but I, I can see how that can be kind of an issue if you don't know the area. I mean, I would have, like I said, I wouldn't have known where to go. And if you knew that they were there because you took them once, but then couldn't find them, I can see some people having a few issues with it. Yeah, no, knowing the course can definitely uh, give you a lot of advantages. And it's it's always fun, you know, you know, it's a really good feeling when you pull off them, them moves where you come out of the cut a few boat lengths ahead of somebody you were behind when you entered it. Yeah, it was fun. I wasn't, she told me about the cuts and I was like, I don't know how much this is going to save, especially because it was, they're really weedy. Um, but it made the, it made the race fun. Not that it wasn't fun before, but it made it more fun. And, um, 
I think that, it, yeah, it was definitely an advantage taking them. And it was fun to pass people because of it. Yeah, it looks like the uh, first place women's team, you and Mary, were uh, ahead of the first team, first place mixed team. Uh, looks like that yeah, was so, Chase and Christy. Yeah, so they both came to the race not having a C2 partner. And then I think Chase asked Danny if he knew anyone coming that needed a partner. And Danny was like, oh, no, I don't. And Christy showed up and was like, do you know anyone that needs a C2 partner? I think I said C1 before, but I meant C2. Um, and so Danny was able to pair them up and they did really well. They were with us for a decent amount of the upstream, um, or at least close enough. And it seemed like it worked out to their benefit. Yeah. It's also... I... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, th- I looks like they had a pretty strong race for jumping in together. And then it looks like just behind them was, um, Kyle Eisendorf and Dane Trudgen, the, the two, um, 16 and under in the race paired up together, um, which is always exciting to see when you can find some peers, like young peers, um, in the sport, um, that that's just good for, for everyone. Yeah, I agree. Um, it doesn't seem like there's too many of that happening right now, just cause I'm sure there's like a gap in, uh, younger paddlers, I guess, um, not a whole lot of them are at least going with each other from the sounds of it all the time. Danny was saying that when he was younger, it, they had a a big group of them that could always go. And it seems like right now there's not that many. But yeah, kind of, kind of on a organizational standpoint um, from the marathon. Anyway, we had a youth bonus for many years, but we got rid of it. Uh, because there was no youth teams entering and we we got rid of it but we replaced it with a youth adult bonus and that's been seeing um, some benefits because you know I think it's easier from for some youth paddlers to get in the sport with uh, some experienced people and and uh, I thought or I should say we thought it would it would be more beneficial um, to the sport to have the youth adult than the uh, just a strictly youth bonus that never got, you know, awarded to anybody. Yeah, uh, it seems like to me that, um, like, when Danny came in, there was a big group. Even when Mike and I started paddling, there was a pretty good group of, like, 20 and under. Um, But it, it seems like more, at least in Michigan, easier for people to start paddling, like, in college or end of high school or end of college, like somewhere in that range. Um, just because when you're younger than that, like buying a boat, even driving a car, like I don't know if either Dane or Kyle are like driving on their own yet, you know? So like just the logistics of training and, and <laughs> having a, you know, paying for your boat and stuff are just a lot harder um, than when you're a little bit older and a little bit more independent. So I think that's part of why, especially like for the marathon, you don't see as many super young pairings. It's just logistically challenging. Yeah, but the, there there are eight teenagers signed up for the marathon this year, which is pretty exciting. It's more than we usually have. But, uh, that's great. Yeah. I was not ready to do the marathon at 15. I, I think my first time was 20, so I commend I, anyone who's ready. It's The hardest part is 
I, I did my first safari when I was 14. And the hardest part is committing to do something that big because, you know, you have like, school dances and like school functions that you want to do. Um, and I think that if you're really wanting to paddle and paddle well, you have to commit a lot more than what I think a lot of high school aged people are willing to commit to and like be like give up outside life, I guess. Yeah, and, uh, you know, teenagers, their bodies are still growing and developing and it can be a, a really, really long endurance race can be hard on on your body. All right. So uh, looking forward, we've got, uh, at least on the Michigan Canoe Racing Association schedule, it looks like we've got four races on the Asawa River this month. Or this coming month. Uh, do you want to give a brief uh, rundown about those, Rebecca? Yeah, so uh, after the 4th of July, when we're on break, uh, we have the Paddle Hard River Rampage. That's a new event on the schedule. Uh, I believe that's going to start at Connors Flats. So if you're familiar with the Asavo course, that'll be featuring um, the Stillwaters section. Uh, upstream of McMaster's um, followed by that is uh, or following that is the Curly Memorial canoe race um, that's the last basically from Cook down uh, of the marathon course so that's that's like the first I'd call real preview race where we start to get teams um, that are racing the marathon pretty much race together unless they have an out-of-state partner and the, then one of the best previews of the marathon itself too yes it, it's one of if you were going to make your marathon predictions i would really pay attention at least for the michigan teams um to that curly race um because that will that's a better predictor than the spikes challenge which follows um the you know the penultimate race leading up to the ensemble and that will have a pretty deep field probably from everywhere so we have a jam-packed schedule in Michigan, lots of racing um, leading into the Asable. And I think um, coming up probably in our next episode, we want to hit some other areas where we've got a lot of racing going on, um, hoping to get some water safari coverage and then also the happenings in Quebec. Because while our Michigan schedule has been packed, so has theirs, I think they've had four or five races in June that we need to catch up on. Yep, and possibly even uh, dabble a little bit about the Yukon because I know you're pretty uh, enthusiastic about that race. Yeah, it's. I will say, safari is a little bit intimidating to me with it being so long and so hot. Um, <laughs> but the Yukon is kind of like between the added sleep, the added stopovers where you have to sleep, and usually the Yukon isn't like a thousand degrees. That's a little bit more appealing for me as a racer, but. Um, super fun to to follow and lots of there's actually lots of competitive racing up there well i can't wait to learn more about it thanks ryan for for having us on <laughs> yes thanks cecily and thanks rebecca and i, I uh, can't wait to talk some more canoe racing in the future yeah thanks for having me on it was a lot of fun Thank you for listening to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, where we love marathon canoe racing and aren't afraid to say it. 
be sure to visit the website at canoeraceworld.com. And don't forget to support our sponsors who make this whole thing possible. Until next time, keep paddling. <laughs>